I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we keep the rationalist community informed about what's going on outside of the rationalist community. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. Straight off the plane from D.C., I'm Inyash Brodsky. You're welcome. And I'm David. All right, this is episode number 97. We are recording on December 4th, 2023. And we have some stuff, some uh, follow-ups from our previous episodes, starting with uh, Sam Altman. Uh, when we last left him, he had been kicked off of the OpenAI board. But uh, guess what, people? He's back. That was a freaking hell of a reversal, and I think he must have been guided by some sort of super AI to pull this off. Right? What the hell? <laughs> the one that he founded in his basement. Yeah, so the board, nobody, nobody's actually come out and said why they fired him. Uh, a couple of people have, have said, well, no, it wasn't about uh, AI alignment. And they, they like, promised, they pinky swore that they would tell us in 30 days what exactly happened here. Did they? They pinky swore it, sir. Well, that's what, uh, that's what Emmett Shear said. But Emmett Shear was the, the CEO for, <laughs> for like, like two seconds yeah. and is gone now. So I don't think Emmett's getting his answers. Oh, boy. I thought, is the board not going to stand by providing answers to the general public? Like, inquiring minds want to know. I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything from the new board. No, uh, who is the new board, by the way? All I know is Larry Summers is on it. I know that um, Helen Toner, is that her last name, is out? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was on the old board, right? Yes. Yeah, everyone on the old board is out. Yeah, uh, not everyone. Uh, the, <laughs> well, not Sam Altman. Not Sam Altman, and not the guy that people were thinking maybe he, since he ran Quora and the other competitor, maybe he orchestrated this. He's uh, he's still in the Wait, new board. that guy's board. still there? He's still there. Oh, man. Well, I hope that wasn't it then. It probably wasn't, but I, now I still want to know what it was. Right? I don't think they're ever going to tell us. I really think they should. This they, feels like they probably should. This feels like a compelling public interest sort of thing, right? I mean, when I say they should, I mean from my perspective, they should. From their perspective, they should probably just pretend this never happened. <laughs> well, that's not going to work very well. I mean, you never know. The news moves on quickly, unless must... unless you listen to the Mind Killer podcast, because we this happened like two weeks ago, and we are the only ones still talking about it. Yes, because it happened literally. I think. Six hours after we recorded our episode? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, there were, there, I mean, there were ongoing developments. I think Altman wasn't quite back for another couple days, but. Okay. I think it happened before the episode was released to, uh, to the, the plebs. It definitely did. So I, inconvenient of reality to keep on making things happen late in the day on Monday. I know. That's fine. We're part of the slow news revolution. <laughs> I like it. I think the most interesting thing about this is how, like, it's suddenly brought... Like, I know EA got brought a lot into the limelight with Sam Altman, but, like, now with this other Sam, it's really everybody is... You uh, mean Sam Bankman-Fried? Yes. Thank you. The, the yeah. other other Sam. Uh, and, but now with uh, Sam Altman, it's like everybody now has an opinion on EA, where before it was like, huh, okay, maybe there's some bad parts to EA, and now just <laughs> even my grandma knows about EA, and she's been dead for 10 years. And their opinions are all that it sucks. Yes. Literally everyone who has a new opinion on EA because of this are, are, is that EA sucks. It's the fashionable thing to hate on right now. It really is. Um, which sucks because I've been hating on EA for years. I know Same. you were there at the ground floor. Now people right. are going to think you're a poser. Right now I have to be like, ah, well, I think EA is cool now. 
<laughs> See, I've just, always thought EA was cool, but just, you know, yeah, but that wasn't was there cool myself. Before. Okay. That was lame before, but now it's cool again. Well, I'm glad I'm somewhere on the lame cool spectrum anyway. <laughs> you definitely are somewhere on the lame cool spectrum. <laughs> I cannot I cannot contest that. Um so, like what is the takeaway here? What what happened? <laughs> the the best takeaway I've seen is if you come at the king, you best not slip on a banana peel, do a comical backflip in front of everyone and impale yourself on your own arrows. Uh, what, that who, is a pretty take good takeaway. I don't know someone on Twitter. All right. Well, I just want to make sure our audience knows there's not an original Eniash. No, definitely not. I don't know. The takeaway is that he's some social genius. Like, this was... This well, was I, mean, uh, I don't think he's a social genius so much as the people he was going up against are social whatever the opposite of a genius is. I suppose. If you can arrange for your opposition to be social retards, that's kind of a genius move, though. Not if they're the board of your company. <laughs> you don't want the board of your company to be retards. Well, if you're going to coup them, you do. Yeah, I guess. But, like, maybe just get a better board to start with. You're better off n- planning on not getting cooed than filling your board with idiots in case they try a coup. I don't think that's what actually happened, but the way that somehow, he managed to get so much loyalty from... Idiots. The way that he managed to inspire so much loyalty from the rank and file in his company was pretty damn cool. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't admit. know. I don't know if that was like I, I don't know if that was him or if it was just how shitty the board was for this whole thing. Mm. Like I, I gotta think if they came out with some sort of articulable reason why they got rid of Altman. You know, well, people I would mean, have wouldn't have liked it, but they would have been like, "All right, I'll, I guess I'll go to work tomorrow." Within forty eight hours, half the board that voted to kick him out was sending him heart emojis on Twitter. Like, right? It was amazing. The, the one dude d- demanded that he be fired or he <laughs> would quit. He's like the Keanu Reeves of Silicon Valley or something. Everyone loves him. Keanu Reeves would never do this. Well, no, Keanu Reeves would absolutely do this. No one would ever try to do this to Keanu Reeves. There we go. Because they know what happens. They've seen the John Wick movies. Uh, Sam Altman definitely did go, uh, you know, John Wick on those guys (laughs) from like a PR perspective. (laughs) Right. It was brutal. Just bam, bam, bam. PR headshots. Well, I guess that's the power of being really, really good looking. Is that? I don't think it was just that. It didn't hurt. It, oh, it definitely doesn't hurt. And he deserves at most one really on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, well, I All don't right. know. All right, any more comments about uh, our, our future ruler? I think he's kind of cool. Yes, I too think that our uh, future god king is excellent and good in all ways. <laughs> I actually do think he's kind of cool. And I think I'm going to stick by this even once he buys Twitter and the rest of the society turns against him. See, I would have thought you would hate him because he's, like, accelerating AI. I mean, I hate that part of what he's doing, <laughs> but I am not immune well, to the charms of charisma, sir. Well, well I hate that he's going to, you know, destroy all value in the universe. But yeah, but if someone, that, if someone were to destroy all value in the universe, I would want it to be him. Well, also, I would want it to be you, Eniash. Aw, thanks, guys. I'll try. All right, moving on. Okay, so remember last episode when we were like, last episode, we reported fake news. I remember that. 
Well, we were not reporting fake news. We were reporting future news. Because we also have access to the general AI that Sam Altman made in his basement. Shh. No, no we don't. No, <laughs> guys, do you realize what this means? Reality we- is rearranging itself, so we're never wrong. Oh, hell oh my yeah. God, you're right. Amazing. Right. Well, so- I, will def- I, for one, am definitely going to use this power for evil. I'm going to report right now that we solve uh, aging before I get to dying age. <laughs> oh, Enios, you're already at dying age. Shut up! <laughs> Every age is dying age. That's yeah, what they that's don't true. want you to know. <laughs> dying age. Well, anyway, the future news that we reported was that George Santos was expelled from the House of Representatives. Mm. And uh, this time he actually was. They uh, they failed a month ago, uh, but then some more stuff came out <laughs> about all the shit he's been up to, which is all just fraud. It's all fraud. It's all like varying types of fraud. And uh, this time they actually voted him out. Uh, 105 Republicans joined all the Democrats to kick him out. Uh, he was not happy about it, but uh, no one cares anymore because he's-, he's unemployed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of life extension, did we talk about the life extension news? I don't think so. I don't okay. I news. thought we talked about that, but I will add it to the happy news section. All Excellent. Right. Preview of the happy news section. Something about life extension That's that all. David thinks is exciting. All right, David. Yes. Speaking of you, you have our next uh, follow up. Yeah, so we talked previously about how someone, I can't remember exactly who, uh, brought back a bucket full of lunar regolith, uh, basically moon dirt, to see uh, what they exactly they needed to do with it to get earth plants to grow in it, which, of course, would significantly help with uh, lunar colonization. And the first round of that experiment has published... It's results, and they got an entire ass earth plant to grow in the moon dirt. Hey, Neat. that's pretty sweet. Yeah, because it, I have tried to fill, uh, you know, two and a half foot high raised beds before, and let me tell you, earth dirt is heavy, so you do not want to have to load up your rockets with that. No, uh, the plant did not grow especially well. Um, specifically, it just weeded out and died before it produced fruiting bodies which are you know the part that humans tend to eat uh but do like fruiting bodies as a step one that's a pretty good step one did they have to get matt damon to poop in it i don't believe they had matt damon poop in it but that's for mars don't think so oh you're right that is mars soil i was thinking about the wrong exoplanet i know it's not a planet don't at me it's also Wait. not an exoplanet. Oh, does exo mean outside of our solar system specifically? Yes. Ah, okay. Non-Earth planet. A, uh, still not a planet. It's a ball of rock, which is <laughs> the ah. better definition for planet. Uh, I think the term you're looking so. for is exo-orbital body, but I'm not okay. sure about that. I um, refer you back to Your Solar System is Wrong by Brandon Hendrickson, the guy who won the recent Astral Codex 10 book review contest. Who makes sure. a very compelling case for why uh, how we define planets is wrong. You right. are not referring me back to that because you've never referred me to that, but I will read it. Okay, excellent. All right. And on that note, we're moving on to new news. 
We're going to start with Israel. Apparently, there was a humanitarian pause for like a week, which is a week longer than I thought it was going to last. I It originally didn't last like three hours, right? But they decided yeah. to keep trying. Yeah, when I say last, I mean like they stopped, they shot at each other less. Not okay. They entirely stopped shooting at each other. But they stopped shooting at each other enough that they could, you know, exchange some hostages for uh, for for criminals. Yeah. Um, I think 105 civilians were released by Hamas, um, and in exchange, Israel released 240 Palestinian prisoners. All right, including a car bomber. Oh yeah, no, these are all like mostly terrorists. I I remember seeing one immediately after being freed going out in the streets and started yelling about how she's the uh, the arm of I don't know one of the gods of retribution or something yeah that definitely happened it was great probably not a god of retribution since i guess islam is a monotheistic religion but substitute your favorite 40k deity of destruction that just means allah is the god of retribution because Allah is the god of everything fair enough yeah anyways that i mean i guess good that they got some hostages back yeah that's that's good yeah all all, all else being equal Uh, i think everyone was hoping for this to last longer but, you know, uh, six days, uh, I think, is pretty good. I didn't think they were going to be able to, uh, to to do it at all. It's 50% longer than we were expecting, so, you know, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, the original deal was just for four days. Did the talks break down for some reason? Yeah, so that's the bummer part of this story. The talks broke down when Hamas refused to release several women, uh, instead offering uh, several elderly men for a continued ceasefire. Uh, I personally see basically no reason why they would do this other than the women being dead or severely injured slash abused enough that their release would be a major PR loss. So that's not ideal. It means we'll probably never see him again. Very likely not, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know... I, I don't. I don't. I think it's hard to speculate about the motivations, uh, but that's certainly uh, possibly one of them, and that would be a huge bummer. I did hear that Israel recently expanded the theater of operations to all of Gaza. Yes. So, okay. And they are they're re- they're they're releasing maps uh, digitally and and by leaflet with with safe zones on them, mm-hmm. basically saying like, hey, go here if you don't want to get bombed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that sucks for people who are trying to not die yeah uh because that's just there's i i feel like you know they they already went south um and now they're just like have to go flee again yeah hold uh, up totally in some sucks. safe zones maybe yeah. hope for egypt to take some of them which doesn't look like they will mm-hmm. but hey what are you gonna do or I mean, is the h word we, we, we can't say hell anymore oh no that's the uh title of a futurama Oh, okay. I, yeah, I keep being surprised by how how much people seem to not realize that war is absolutely horrific, and think yeah. that it's uh, like police actions. Those are nice, <laughs> friendly things. Yeah, I do see. Yes, I do see a lot of uh, people, specifically on our Discord server, <laughs> right? That are like, "Oh my God, can you believe this? That Israeli soldiers did this." Right. And I'm like, "Yes, it's a war. Did you were you paying attention at all in Iraq?" And then I remember that they're like 20 years old. So, of course, they weren't. Oh. Um, but actually, that actually brings up a point that I, you know, uh, to, to be, you know, an old man for a second. Hmm. I think the kids today are all, you know, very, more sympathetic to the, the Palestinians. 
because they don't they they don't remember 9-11 they don't remember how absolutely batshit the entire country went after that like if if the country that had done that to us was next door they would have been completely obliterated and every single person would have cheered about it like there was this like I was, I was seventeen, or, or no, I was eighteen at the time, because uh, I was just about to start college, and you know, so I was in my rebellious phase. So I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm against all this. We, I don't know why we need to go shoot people, um, which was, you know, kind of stupid. <laughs> but like, I was like the only one, man. It was, uh, that was like near unified opposition. Um, everyone was like super bloodthirsty. Freaking Bono came out in support of. I don't know, just the U.S. in general, you know? Right. So, like, when I think about Israel, I'm like, okay, so they get missiles shot at them, like, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was this huge terrorist attack. Like, I just, I'm not surprised at all that they're just, that they're, that they're just like, going in and wrecking the place. Um, and I don't, you know, not that that's a great thing to do uh, or that they, you know, we shouldn't try to, like, convince them to moderate it. And I did like Biden's comment where he was like, Hey guys, learn from our mistakes. You know, we went a little crazy after 9-11. Uh, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was good advice. But also, I'm not like, you know, I'm, I don't think Israel is like unique in this respect. I think anyone, any country in their position would probably like, you know, be pretty bloodthirsty at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, I do think that the, the, the solution to that isn't to like, you know, call them shitheads or whatever. It's, it's to put international pressure on them. To you know, at least try to like minimize civilian casualties at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't know if you've ever like actually had someone seriously threaten the life of someone you love before. I think you would understand this feeling of "fuck you." I, I will destroy you right now. Yeah, and that's not necessarily like a thing you want to, you know, you want to uh, people not to have or not to feel. Uh, I think that's a very human way to feel, uh, and it's the the way you stop people from like acting on that is you know what society is for yeah um and when it's in in when you're talking about countries it's sort of like what the international order is for well but there is no society that can stop palestine from murdering the israelis oh there is they just don't want to uh, i mean that's the same thing right i mean they could i'm just saying they're they're making choices here this is i'm talking about like you know the uh the the greater middle east okay like Iran and um, and Jordan and Egypt and all of them. Like, if they wanted to solve this problem, they could. They just don't could want they? to. Yeah, of what? course they could. You mean aside from stop financing terrorism? Well, I mean so, that would be a start. Yeah, that would be a start. <laughs> um, but Egypt could just take back the Gaza Strip and administer it, and and then. Yeah, but then that means that the, the the Palestinians would be killing Egyptian soldiers. No, they wouldn't. No, it means they'd honestly. <laughs> me? It means they'd probably still be killing Israelis. Yeah, but um, then they could like actually, you know, police there, but also provide infrastructure. I think if the Egyptian soldiers actually tried to stop them from killing Israelis, they would fight back against these Egyptian soldiers. Eh. Yeah, but also Egypt is significantly more evil than Israel, so. Egypt would not have any compunction about saying, oh, you want to fight back against us? Okay, well, we'll show you what fighting back against us means. Right. You didn't really need that block over there, did you? Yeah. I don't know if that's true about Egypt. I don't, just because I don't know anything about Egypt. I also know very little about Egypt. 
but you know, <laughs> I feel like uh, most countries, if you started shooting at their cops, would uh, respond with force. Yeah. Including the United States. Um, but yeah, Jordan could could administer the West Bank. They could grant all the Palestinians citizenship um, and they could, you know, move out of this so-called open air prison <laughs> and, you know, I, I just, just be normal members of a country. I distinctly recall them trying to do that once and the Palestinians decided to try to overthrow the Jordanian government, right? Did they? I didn't yeah, hear about that. Yeah, that happened. But what? That's, that's why they won't take Wait. it back now. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, didn't Yassine talk about that in the episode that you were recording? That the Palestinians tried to overthrow Jordan? Well, the ones so. on the West Bank. He may have only written about it and we didn't get to that part of his post. Very possibly. I don't remember anything about this. Yeah, it's a thing they did. Hmm. And for our free listeners, you can consider that a uh, teaser for the <laughs> latest bonus episode, which you would get if you go to the mindkiller.substack.com and subscribe. And then you can come into our subscriber-only Discord channel and tell David and Eniash about how they're hallucinating things. <laughs> well, I read it somewhere, and I'm pretty sure it was Yassine's post. All right. It might have just been Wikipedia, to be honest. Hey, Wikipedia's got uh, a lot of information. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, speaking about things blowing up in the Middle East, though, and other countries getting involved, uh, there are Houthi rebels in uh, Yemen, and they recently were shooting missiles over at commercial ships in the Red Sea. Uh, wow, I believe that was th a nice transition, Eniash. Thank you. They, they, uh, yeah, they, this is in large part because the We Hate Israelis movement. Uh, I believe also last week there was some sort of um, boarding action on an Israeli-aligned tanker where some, uh, some Houthis tried to take it and I think were fought off eventually by U.S. Uh, U.S. forces. In this case, the uh, U.S. warship came to the aid of the three commercial ships and also shot down several drones that were in the area, uh, you know, trying to blow up these things. So this is not officially endorsed by Yemen because Yemen's like we don't want to get involved in this the government is saying that at least but they are having a hard time controlling the Houthis here that uh that want to get mixed up in the shit yeah there was a few episodes ago that we covered the whole mess in Yemen about mm -hmm. how the government is ba has basically been kicked out of the capital and the Houthi rebels are running the show um and that they were uh trying to get involved in the Israel situation like kind of sort of mostly just like shooting rockets <coughs> and apparently they're escalating now. So awesome. Mm. Still doesn't feel like World War Three yet, but uh, I think I think we might be getting closer. Well, if you want new wars, we've got another one going on this time in South America. Yes, a return of our ongoing segment, New War Just Drop. <laughs> it's the worst segment. I hate it. Now, to be fair, there's no war yet. It's just an impending war. True. Uh, so, the Red Venezuelans have... Um, red. Define your red, please. Communist. Okay. That is important context for me. Um, so, the Red Venezuelans uh, recently held a referendum which basically said, Hey, we have always uh, controlled or always legally should have been controlling about two-thirds of Guyana. Um, now seems like a good time to, you know, press that claim. 
and <laughs> this referendum passed with an extremely non-suspicious 95% approval. David, why does Argentina want to take two-thirds of Guyana right now? I'm glad you asked. That area has a lot of oil, and that's pretty much the only reason why. Well, that and also Venezuela fucked up their own oil sector so much that their economy completely tanked. It, I'm sure you heard a lot about it when it originally happened, like two, three years ago. Venezuela is the um, country which lost literally half of their male working population over the past several years because people could not actually make enough money to buy enough calories to live for a while there. That's See? the one. Yeah, um, and all this happened because the fucking communists took over. As usually yes. happens when communists take over a productive country, they loot it for a number of years and run it into the ground. Yep. It's actually the plan if you read Marx. They if decided uh, they can't wreck their own oil sector any more than they already have, so they need to steal someone else's oil sector so they can wreck it. Yes, the oil production of Venezuela has gone down by, I think, like 80%? Since uh, since their peak, when the communists took them over, and I guess they're planning to do the same to Guyana here. Yeah. Now, this is actually a long-standing territorial dispute. Yeah, the... And, you know, it's been on the back burner for a while. The output has dropped, and also the quality of that output has dropped considerably. Uh, the borders were set in 1899 by international arbitration, back when Guyana was a British colony. And back when people paid attention to international arbitration. Indeed. Uh, but Venezuela, you know, since then has always claimed, like, no, no, that's not, that's, that, we don't respect that. That's our, our land. But, like, nobody really cared uh, until the oil was found. And now they're like, ooh, I just remembered, that's ours. Um, the, you know, the Guyana ran to The Hague, um, who put out an order saying, like, uh, a Venezuela... Uh, knock it off um but you know being the hague venezuela is just like i don't give a fuck <laughs> and they're just they're just going ahead with their thing uh that was in fact the exact text of the statement released by the venezuelan <laughs> government i believe it was and i quote fuck the hague <laughs> There is a fascinating thread on Twitter that goes over the demographics of how many fighting age males of Brazilian, Venezuelan, and Guyanese origin there are in the United States right now, <laughs> and how this is likely to affect the upcoming... It's, 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 we're going to call it, it's going to happen, right? There's going to be a war. There, there are already massing troops on the, on the border. Are they massing troops? I yes. believe they yeah. are, yes. Well, they, they, were before the, um, they were before the referendum... Uh, and presumably they're not going to unmask the troops after the referendum passes. Mm -hmm. uh, so Guyana's pretty helpless here. Um, they don't they don't have the military that Venezuela does. No, However, they may have an ally in Brazil. Yes, Brazil is already making like it's going to be intervening here. Uh, the One of the interesting parts about all this is that Guyana only has really one decent road, and a lot of this is just going to be fighting through the jungles, and the U.S. does not have any forces really close by right now. Uh, oh, but we love fighting in jungles. <laughs> yeah, last time we tried, it didn't end badly for anyone. No, definitely ended with dignity for all. They made a whole Dead Kennedy song about a holiday in that country because of how well it went. Uh, wrong country. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> and was due to the whole situation. But and, 
and also the communists, but yes. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're even trying to reinforce allies down there is going to be difficult just in terms of getting people where they need to be. You just got to walk through jungle at this point because a lot of trees in the way. You can't even take armor through there very easily. Gonna be a whole fucking thing. Gonna be a whole fucking thing. And I mean, on top of the war in Ukraine and in Israel, now we got this. It's starting to feel a lot like 1914 again, isn't it? All right. So here's my question. Does anyone actually have to fight in the jungle? Because, like, the only thing anyone cares about is is offshore oil fields, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure the oil fields are not offshore. I'm I'm only, like, 60% on that, but... I think I think the oil is actually like in the continental territory. Mm, now, see what I read was that it's was that it was offshore. But I also read conflicting accounts of whether the um, I like like I read some somebody on actually on one of my podcasts said that the uh, the actual oil fields weren't even part of this disputed territory, so that this was probably just a like a, a prelude to a, uh, an invasion of the rest of Guyana too, but. Uh, I didn't find anything backing that up. Um, the uh, term you're looking for is not invasion, it is special military operation. Of course, special military <laughs> action. To denazify Guyana. Well, if there's one country that needs it, it's the one that just had a lot of oil found in it. Definitely. Gotta get those, you can't, can't give the Nazis those oil. Then they'll do Nazi stuff with it. Yeah. Uh, I just looked up a map of oil fields in Guyana, and they are all maps of the ocean, so apparently I was wrong. Well, uh, apparently there was oil discovered offshore in 2015, um, so hmm. that may be what you're seeing. Yeah. But we'll, uh, we'll get back to you about that, listeners. But, uh, either way, uh, this is gonna suck for everybody, probably. Yeah. yeah. All right. Eniash, what's going oh. on with Binance? One quick thing, I'm going to send you a a um, audio file, which maybe you can use as music for, because it's it's about Guyana and um, the Jonestown massacre at the time. Does anyone know is Jonestown going to be part of this territory that they're taking? I don't know. Because um, if nothing else, they could set up a kick-ass um, suicide museum there. Uh, uh, Jonestown is extremely close to the Venezuela border, so. Okay. I don't know for sure, but I would guess so just on priors. Awesome. <clears throat> um, well, if did you say any- a kick-ass suicide museum? Yeah, do the mass suicides at Jonestown? Yeah, that's that's just... I guess, I guess people make museums about weird stuff all the time. Or like cult museum or whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't know. thought it would be an well, interesting it, place it, to visit. Is this just... Is this just apropos of nothing? Or is there is some reason why n- the war would make this a particularly pertinent topic it is apropos of nothing but i always kind of was like interested in seeing the place and now that it's about to be held by commies and people fighting over it i don't think that's gonna happen ah should have should have gotten on that earlier shouldn't have done it over an oil field yeah no Uh, anyways well i didn't know that was in guyana i just assumed that was in the u.s oh really yeah oh yeah no it it was guyana Uh, well all right eniash Let's go on with Binance. Binance is the largest crypto trading exchange since FTX folded. And uh, its CEO, CZ, has been pursued by the U.S. lately for money laundering violations, uh, in part because he bragged about how much money they were laundering on the company Slack. 
<laughs> which was a very uh, stupid thing to do. Uh, but he signal has... guys use <laughs> signal to brag about money laundering. Seriously, and set it to auto delete. Slack is discoverable. Um, but he, uh, this is CZ is what he is known as, and he has stepped down off from Binance and pled guilty, and they are paying a hefty ass fine. I think some number billions, four billions. Uh, yes, four point three billions as part of the settlement package, and CZ personally is going to pay fifty millions in fines. And I'm not seeing anything about jail time, which kind of surprises me. Maybe he will get jail time handed down to him later. I mean, it'd be pretty cool if you could just, you know, launder a bunch of money and then, you know, pay back part of it and be yeah. like, well, dealt with that. Like literally just telling people, lol, we're an unlicensed securities exchange and uh, then not have to really pay for <laughs> he it. He definitely said that. He did, like almost in those exact words. Yeah. Oh, man. These crypto bros. Yeah. Really, uh, <laughs> really, really, really amateur hour in, uh, you know, the white collar crime department. The thing that kind of surprises me is I thought that he was staying in the Philippines or somewhere that didn't have an extradition treaty. Was he in the U.S. this whole time? I don't know. Maybe he negotiated this settlement, like this plea deal. and uh, Okay, so he know, would get off the arrest up. on site. Okay, yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's in the Seattle Federal Court. That is that is on the Pacific Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess that's good news for Binance, that it's not run by that particular criminal. <laughs> right but like the next guy's definitely gonna be a criminal right because it's a crypto exchange that's just I, how they work i believe they've come to some sort of agreement with the treasury department that includes monitoring them for a number of years here yeah we'll see how that works out a five-year like, monitorship that's what crypto's for right doing crimes it is it is that is one of the things it is for uh but like that's the only yes, thing it's for it. right it's no there's it's for doing crimes like buying food in venezuela <laughs> yes <laughs> in in countries that do not have a stable fiat yeah. currency of their own it works pretty well and it also can work as a decent store of wealth maybe um if, uh, if everything goes to shit no it, uh, it works as it works as an extremely bad store of wealth uh it for a while there was working as a pretty good high volatility investment yeah the volatility is a problem right now but i'm assuming once it stabilizes it's going to stabilize one of these years right yeah keep telling yourself that <laughs> all right um and apparently the company is going to completely exit from the u.s so if you have stuff on binance and you live in the u.s sell it and put it somewhere else so is coinbase still around yeah Okay, I think I think that's where my crypto is. So mine too. It's the one legit one that is popular. Ah, yes, legit. Okay, definitely, definitely not run by a criminal. <laughs> well, definitely okay. does not break any U.S. finance laws. Yeah. What you he, need to do? Remember he said that. <laughs> what you need to do is set up your own wallet no. and transfer your coins no, from I'm not the doing exchange it. to the wallet. No, actually, I'll you lose really it. should. Don't don't do that. It's okay, don't, guys. Don't lose it. It's okay, guys. I have like $500 in crypto. It's fine. I mean, you say that, but it's going to be about $50,000 in crypto in a few years. No, it isn't. It's mostly Solana. Oh, that, why did you Why did you not buy Bitcoin? Why do you, why do you have $500 of Solana? Well, somebody said it was uh, going to, you know, go to the moon. And then it did. And I should have <laughs> sold it then. I think it was like $3,000 at some point. Now it's oh, back shit. to five hundred. dollars Yeah, no, that's life. Yeah. Also, I have no idea what it is right now, so maybe it's back up to three thousand. Who knows? If it is, sell it. Go check. No, I'm a I'm a holdle kind of guy. Mm, okay, got those diamond hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By that I mean I just never check on it. 
All right. Next, next news. This is bad news. A study came out recently showing that all those abortion bans that all the red states are passing, they actually work. That is bad news. What the fuck? Yeah, this is sort of bad news all around, I'd say, because not only are... uh, So they're preventing about 25% of abortions in red states, in in, in the states that pass these bans. 25%? Really? Yeah. So like one in four women who otherwise would have gotten an abortion have now carried it to term. Oh my god. And those these have got to be the like least agency least resourced women too because it's not yeah, that hard think. to get an abortion if you just work a little bit at it. Yeah. If you well if you have a little bit of flex in your life, you know? Yeah. But um the bad news for the pro-lifers is that the blue states are more than compensating for this, so the total abortion rate in the country is actually higher. What do you mean they're more than compensating for it? They're getting more abortions. Because the people from the red states are driving to the blue states? No. Blue state residents are getting more abortions. I don't... Just like... What? Out Just of out of spite? Spite? <laughs> fuck? I, nobody knows why. Uh, oh, I was really excited about becoming a mother, but because of those <laughs> damn Republicans banning abortions in some states, now I'm going to kill it. Right. I, could, I mean, the speculation is that all the abortion talk has, you know, uh, so, some sort of effect on you know people's decisions or there's been a lot of publicizing of how easy it is to get the abortion pill or maybe Um, they are spooked about the future and so don't feel secure in bringing another child into the world or uh, that also could be no like i said nobody knows have the blue states been increasing in population more than the red states relatively because no no Ah, no the blue states are actually the ones who have the worst zoning laws Mm. uh and the more dense cities so they're the ones people are leaving okay because everything's just too expensive. Wow. And also, I think they have a lower birth rate, so it's not just um, it's true. Uh, high birth rate plus even higher out migration. It's true. Blue states are where all the women's have careers. Oh, man. Instead of babies. Yeah. Um. So I, I saw this, and I was like, man, this puts pronatalists in an awkward position. Why is it that? It does. Well, because, so this raised the fertility rate in these states by 2.3%. Yeah. Um, which pronatalists are like all about. They're like, yes, fertility rate up. Let's do it higher. Oh, um, oh, oh. But okay. like, you guys, you guys are not fans of the Collinses, then. I'm assuming. Uh, I don't know who they are. I so know we, who they are. I I don't really follow them. Malcolm and Simone Collins are major pronatalists in the rational sphere, and they have been saying from I don't know the beginning from when I started paying attention to them, that yes, these policies are proven to raise fertility. The suppression of women, the taking away of women's rights and ability to have careers and taking away of abortion rights all raise fertility, and that's really bad, which is why we have to be pronatalist and find ways to raise fertility without doing all that shit. Like, as far as I know, the pronatalist position has always been that these are proven ways to raise fertility that really suck, and so we have to work on raising fertility without doing those. All right. I mean, I mean you're t- I'm sure you're talking about the rationalist pronatalist position. Yeah. I, uh, I pronatalists mean, are uh, a big I, tent, I completely say. endorse everything you just said. Well, I don't yeah. think that the people who just say uh, suppress women so that they make more babies call themselves pronatalists. No, probably not. Is no, that just is that just I'd like our people that call so. us, that call I themselves? I think it's that? just our people. Those those guys just no, call right. themselves like I don't know. I don't know what. What they do call I know? Themselves. I never talked to anybody else. Conservative. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they call that themselves is not true. Conservatives family do not values conservatives. Maybe ah, so. Yes, yes, quite. No. The silent majority, if you will. 
Mm, I hope they stay pretty damn silent. <laughs> Let's cancel them. I... Then they'll be quiet. <laughs> Deplatform them all. That's what I say. Maybe we can just suppress their free speech rights somehow. Yeah. Yeah, cancel them, like you said. <laughs> oh, yes, okay. I was thinking about, like, cutting out tongues or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't even know what 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 the actual takeaway is here. Uh, abortion bans apparently work in the states that have them, but drive up abortions in the states that don't, um, where it's, it's, it's only partially because of, pe- of people in the red states going to the blue states. That's so weird. Uh, it's just the, the I don't, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. Um, but it seems like nobody got what they wanted here. Yeah. Um, so in summation, uh, these abortion bans are total bullshit. And, uh, even you fucking pro-lifers should be against them. Cause look what you've done. There's now more <laughs> abortions than ever. I don't think you could lay that on the feet of the pro-lifers. Uh, I will lay it on the fetus of the pro-lifers. Oh, um, this is the. I mean, I don't know what to. I don't know what to tell you. They they, ba- they banned abortion and abortions went up. Yeah, I mean, if you take them completely literally, their stance is abortion is murdering babies. Therefore, we should ban abortion because murdering babies is bad. And if you get your way and the abortion rate goes up, then you've increased the amount of baby murder in the world. So. I guess, but, like, you can't say I have outlawed abortion in the place where I control the laws and somewhere else abortion went up and this is my fault because if they Why had to wait... Why can't I say that? Because the abortion went up in places where they don't control the laws. Yeah, but that's not how causation works. Uh, I don't... I think if other people are making their own independent decisions to have abortions, you can't, you can't say that the people in a different state are responsible for that. Right, but if you do a thing... That causes yeah. a different thing to happen, and mm-hmm. you don't want that other thing to happen, then you should just not do that thing. Is that a question of apportioning fault or like cosmic justice or whatever? I'm saying if you want there to be fewer abortions, you should not support these abortion bans. I think they would argue that if you gave them the power in all the states, there would be fewer abortions. Yeah, so here's okay, so, so let's wait make a deal. until you can yeah. pass a federal abortion ban and then do that. Yeah, that's just a give terrible up on idea. State we bans. don't want to have I, abortion bans I agree. in states. Inyash, Inyash, yeah. I agree with you. I'm <laughs> okay. just talking tactics here. Yeah, uh, shh, Inyash, we're trying to trick them. Damn it. <laughs> but not really, because that's actually a sensible position. Like, I, I would I would literally go to my next-door neighbor and be like, dude, what what are you doing playing into their hands getting an abortion? That's That's their state over there that's fucked up. It's not reducing your security in this state. What? You would say that to your neighbor who's getting an abortion? I mean, probably not, literally, no, but the hypothetical neighbor of, you know, all neighbors combined. <laughs> the I'm neighbor sorry. gestalt. How tired are you, Enia? I'm so tired. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> but I, it's, it is, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go right. get some sleep and reword this. All right, moving on. Uh, David. You have some gun news for us. Yes, but I need to uh, get a second to embody the spirit of the guy Inyash uh, got to voice the <laughs> news headlines for the HPMOR podcast. Ah, excellent. 
Two senators introduced the Gas-Operated Semi-Automatic Firearms Exclusion Act, which would ban gas-operated firearms and also non-gas-operated semi-auto <laughs> firearms. Expert on guns, now you're just lying. <laughs> That's awesome. That guy, by the way, is uh, one of the co-creators of the Girl Genius webcomic. Nice. Yeah. So what's a gas-operated firearm? So uh, there's basically three ways to get a firearm to be semi-automatic, which just means something about the, the cartridge going off activates the mechanism which loads the next round. You can do direct impingement, which I don't understand. You can do <laughs> recoil operation, which is the... Uh, Equal and opposite force of the bullet going forward pushes the casing backward, uh, and in addition to felt recoil, that also operates the mechanism. Uh, direct impingement also uses the same force, I think, but somehow different. Um, like I said, I don't understand that one. The third option is gas operation. Uh, this is what almost all semi-automatic uh, long guns use, except for like heavy machine guns, which are mostly recoil operated. Uh, in this, you basically drill a hole in the barrel, and you siphon off some of the expanding gases which are pushing the bullet out the muzzle, and use the pressure of that gas to operate the... Um, the uh, uh, mechanism. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, so, so you just use the what... explosion to power like a, a a pneumatic that pushes up the next bullet. Um, I don't know enough about what the term pneumatic means to say yes, but effectively yes. All right. Um, and yeah, this is what the AR-15 uses. It's what the AK-47 uses. Um, like I said, most rifles gonna be gas operated. Um, clearly what they're trying to build this as is we're just trying to ban the AR-15. We're not trying to ban all semi-automatic firearms, except the text of the bill specifically says gas operated DI and recoil operated. So they're just trying to ban all semi-auto oh. firearms. Oh, is this, uh, who you said this was introduced in the Senate? Uh, yeah. So yeah. there's approximately zero chance it goes anywhere, but for fuck's sake, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. All right. Also, the link the link for this story will be the link to the actual expert on guns who posted a YouTube video that basically boils down to now you're just lying. Hence, me choosing to do that exact bit for this exact story. All it right. Was very good. All right. And our last piece of bad news is that, uh, guys, I don't think there's going to be any more Ukraine funding from the United States. Well, that sucks. Uh, yeah, it does suck. Um, so the so the Republicans, you know, have the House of Representatives now, mm-hmm. and um, this isn't even they they're not even involved in this. This is just happening in the Senate so far. Um, but their senators are just threatening to filibuster any Ukraine funding bill that doesn't also have a bunch of border security measures on it that the Democrats are just not going to agree to. Um, it's really weird. The weird part of this is no one will say what exactly border security the Republicans want. Um, some, there, there have been some people claiming that they want like 
indefinite family detention and then Kristen Cinema's out there being like, no, no, that's not what they asked for. But no one's saying what they did ask for. So I don't know if they want some kind of border security stuff. <coughs> but uh, one of some- my one of my least favorite things happening in Washington, and God knows there's a lot of things I don't like happening in Washington, is we are going to stall out the operation of government unless you comply with our demands, and also we won't tell you what our demands are. Yeah. See, I would have thought that would be one of your favorite things, since it stalls out the operation of government. It is, but it just offends me on such a deep aesthetic <laughs> level. Right? Um, apparently they've told someone what their demands are, I think. Um, but no one's telling, you know, the public. Um, no, th- if, if you want a clue, the House has passed an immigration bill that has you know, tons of stuff in it, but basically all boils down to make it almost impossible to get asylum. Huh. Um, well, that's super not based of them. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff is just like, it's like they want them, and they want them to, to build the wall. Building the walls in there. I mean, building the wall is better than taking away asylum. The asylum program yep. is pretty good, like when it's used correctly and not abused. Well, the asylum I, program is terrible. When it's uh, not abused. It has been abused a lot lately. I mean, I mean, yes. it lets people into the country, so. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. But it's a terrible system for letting people into the country. Right. Uh, because it almost like it keep it it doesn't give them citizenship or work permits or anything. It just gives them uh you know a court date in two years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's still better than um not having that. Yes. Um, now from the Republicans' perspective, like I I get it. The the American public is d- does not like this at all. Um, they do they do not like this whole border chaos situation and would much rather we shut it all down. Um, so I'm worried about, you know, the the Democrats pushing back too hard on this because, I mean, people really don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I think it's better to just let people in, uh, but it's, it's still bad. It's still a terrible system. Yeah, I mean, it would take approximately zero effort to convince me that we're off the Pareto frontier where some shenanigan or other in our system is both causing border chaos real and imagined and also not letting in people that we could be letting in if we had a more rational policy so and i would i would strongly support some kind of compromise it was like okay we'll we'll make asylum you know we'll make it much harder to cheat the asylum system we'll make it much harder to cross over illegally if we greatly expand legal immigration like fine Let's secure the border, you know, stop these bullshit asylum claims, but then just let people in. Yeah, just say, like, fine, we'll stop all asylum visas, Just, but we just have an open immigration to anyone who has a <laughs> PhD in a STEM field. Yeah, right? I'd take that. And you know what? The Republicans would probably take that, too. It's not a... Uh, I mean, they probably wouldn't, but they would be completely retarded for not taking it. I don't know. I think they would. Uh, you have a higher opinion of the Republicans than I do, which I was not on my bingo card for today. But, uh, okay. I mean, I think enough Republicans would that, uh, you know, if the Democrats supported it, it could pass. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I don't think the Democrats would support that. They love asylum. But uh, the, the point uh, I was uh, bringing, what I was bringing this up about is that um, the Democrats are, are not going to pass, you know, everything the, the Republicans want. Um, and so they're just not gonna give Ukraine any more funding. 
I have heard rumors lately that Ukraine and Russia are sort of eyeballing maybe some sort of peace talks. Is yeah, this? I heard is, some rumblings out of Russia uh, that they're like, "Hey, let's talk," but nothing solid. Yeah. Is this related to that, where uh, Ukraine I is like, we doubtful. might not? Okay. Yeah, I suspect it's <coughs> going to be like similar to uh, when the um, thunder run on Kiev fell apart. Where basically Putin's like, hey, we would love to talk peace if you give us all your territory. And <laughs> Ukraine's like, uh, no. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what's some... really stupid about this? What's really stupid about this? A lot of the quote unquote money we're sending Ukraine isn't money. It's gift cards to buy U.S. military surplus. Right. And the reason why this is especially stupid is we have a bunch of hardware that's just on the verge of aging out, and it's not going anywhere. And the things you can do with surplus military hardware is send it to someone who's actually gonna fucking use it, which is the strategy we've been using so far in Ukraine, demilitarize it and surplus it onto the civilian market, or destroy it. And... Only one of those options is particularly economical, and that's sending it to someone else. So, like, the Republicans are pretending this is all about fiscal conservatism or whatever, but it's actually going to cost us more money to do one of the other two options than it will to just give Ukraine a couple of gift cards and then ship them the stuff. True, but I heard we're running out of that stuff. Um, I'm... That sounds implausible, but I'm open <laughs> yeah, to arguments to that effect. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know. I mean, we have a lot of stuff. Yeah, we, we have a lot of stuff, but I don't know how much extra stuff we have. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, either way, you know, I I, I certainly uh, think we should be helping out Ukraine still. I don't think anything's particularly different from a year ago. Yep. Uh, except that now the Republicans control the House, so there we are. Now, there's some kind of, like, reverse bank shot where this could actually work out, and it causes Europe to step up and and fund Ukraine, because, honestly, they're the ones at risk from all this. But uh, not uh, not Trusting not Europeans tax sensibly doesn't sound like a good bet to me. Yeah. Ah, uh-huh. uh, well. Well, let's it- stop talking about depressing stuff. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get to the happy wait, let's news. let's keep talking about more depressing stuff. During that whole exchange, I had time for a little three-minute nap, and I came up with a decent analogy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so if Florida... I remember what we were talking about. If Florida does something like decide they like Jim Crow laws after all and make a law that black people can't go to diners anymore, uh, California... This is already a great analogy. Yes, if California were to go ahead and retaliate by saying, you know what, fuck you guys, now white people in our state can't go to diners, I, I think that's stupid. And I, and I think that is why you cannot say that uh, Florida is responsible for white people no longer being able to go to diners in California. Okay, let's but, move on to happy oh news God. before Imyash gets even yes. more unhinged. Th- th- that was... This was the abortion thing. Well, I understand. I'll, I'll explain <laughs> to you in the Discord why that is very dumb. <laughs> you don't need to explain it to him. If he gets, like, an hour and a half of sleep, it'll be crystal clear. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. All right, but either way, we're going to move on to happy news. Good news, everyone! And our happy news this week is almost all David, because of Eniash's uh, aforementioned uh, uh, absence and lack of sleep. So, David, tell us some happy news. 
Well, first happy news, which is the one I talked about earlier in the show. The FDA has approved a life extension drug to start, I believe, phase two trials. Phase two? That's the one where you're testing it on live subjects, right? Yes. Unfortunately, these live subjects are dogs. (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's the fucking FDA. We've come back around to having dog happy news, though, so that makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, also, when I think about the lives I want to extend, I'm I'm not going to say there's no dogs that I'm putting ahead of people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, the reason this is in at the top of happy news uh, is the company has explicitly stated that they are uh, doing the life extension in dog strategy as, well, A, because they're mammals and therefore somewhat comparable to humans when it comes to aging, and B, as the uh, narrow end of a wedge to get the FDA to stop being a big bag of dicks about human life extension. Awesome. Well, here's hoping. Oh my god. Extended lifespan by 500% and reverse signs of aging in mice. That one is in roundworms. Ah, okay. So it's probably not going to be <laughs> quite that effective in dogs, okay. let alone humans. Yeah, yeah, but those are some long-lived roundworms. Oh, hell yeah. Yep, they're going to so, live for like five whole months. Yeah, so happy news there, too. Yeah. All right. This what is else we got? the best news. Thank you, David. Uh, we have some AI news. Uh, The University of Washington, researchers at the University of Washington have developed deep learning algorithms for noise-canceling headphones such that wearers can pick which sounds they want to hear and which to block. Uh, Their prototype has 20 categories for sounds to be excluded or admitted, including sirens, baby cries, speech vacuum cleaners, and bird chirps. Uh, there will also be a link to a video in a uh, video demo in the show notes, which is extremely cool. See, you say that University of Washington researchers developed this, but I know that they're just copying the software that Doritos has already developed <laughs> for their Doritos silent software, which allows you to eat chips while you're on mic uh, with people, and it will... <laughs> It will cancel that sound. So you can eat Doritos while you're, you're uh, uh, audio chatting and playing your video games. <laughs> Which David, you're, I think you're that's the real like happiness. This is the first time you've heard of it. Yes, this is the first time I've heard of it. <laughs> and I have an inescapable issue, image in my head of Wes going through this in explanation while shoveling Doritos into his face. <laughs> right? And you I never know. Tell. Oh shit. I could be I could be down in Doritos this whole episode. You wouldn't even have any idea. So this is literally the dream technology that all of humanity has been working for towards since, you know, we discovered that sound waves exist. I am right? glad we yeah. have finally gotten here. Yeah. I'm glad, uh, you know, David's, uh, you know, whatever University of Washington story reminded me of it so we could cover it. This, <laughs> this is the universe worth living in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm um, glad we finally convinced you. <laughs> not not the, the dumbest of all possible universes now, is it? No, it's seriously leveled up in my eyes. All right, thanks. Yeah, now we're like third or fourth dumbest possible universe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, David, what else? 
Uh, we also have Elo's Health, a company developing a tool that can run in the background of mental health sessions and uses uh, voice AI capabilities to analyze it and give insights and information about the patient. If that sounded uh, very canned, it's because I copy and pasted it from their ad copy. Uh, they say this reduces time spent on documentation by 50%, and they have just raised a $40 million Series B. Ooh. All right, but this sounds a little dystopian, right? What? Why? Well, it's, it's listening I, to, your, to your, like, your therapy sessions. And, and Only if you turn it I, on. I, I mean, it's just listening to your therapy sessions and taking notes for the therapist so they can focus on doing therapy instead of writing down what you're saying. All right. I, I mean, don't know. I, I, I know it says analyze and give insights. You're, you're saying that people could put microphones everywhere to analyze people, and sure, that would be dystopic, but they can already do that, and they just don't, so, you know, no big deal. Well, yeah, I mean, what, what this sounded like to me is the AI is like, you know, gonna, gonna, gonna figure out, uh, you know, you, how, you, how you tick, and, uh, and, and, and figure out what kind of mental disorders you have, and, and that sort of thing. I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bad therapists out there, and for the current level of AI, like, human AI teaming is good, if and only if the human isn't a moron. Yeah, that's fair. So, I would definitely rather just get therapy from ChatGPT than BetterHelp. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm sure that there are a bunch of therapists who are going to use this in all sorts of dumb ways, and uh, people like Inyash will take advantage of that to... Uh, say that we're all gonna die, but I'm still super <laughs> excited. I've I've already priced in that this is gonna happen. I'm not worried about it at all. The the, the whole insights insights and analyzation of everybody. All right. Well, good. All right, Eniash. Yeah. You have come up with a happy news story. I have only because this has been like floating so everywhere that I have not been able to avoid it. Apparently, there was uh, some miners in a tunnel in the Indian Himalayas that uh, had the tunnel collapse on them, and forty-one of these workers were uh, trapped in there for God more than damn, two weeks. Goddamn! Another tunnel collapse. Another tunnel collapse. Yeah. 17 days they were in there, and I'm assuming drinking their own urine, because how else are you going to get enough uh, water to live? Did Elon but, Musk rescue these guys with his tiny submarine? No, there wasn't. A, you don't have submarines that go into mountains, as far as I know. Ah, well. But he's yeah. got that whole, uh, he's Yet. got that boring company. He's going to make a big drill and go get them. Oh, yeah. Like uh, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did you know that was actually a thing that both the U.S. and Soviet Union were seriously developing in the late Cold War? I mean, that's Big just a giant thing. drills. Yeah, basically things that would be able to move through Earth approximately as easily as submarines move through water. I mean, that seems like a thing we should all be working on. I don't believe I the don't approximately disagree. as easy part, but yeah, that's yeah. I mean, uh, we should just make that. Didn't they make that to so, do the English so, Channel? I uh, maybe I don't know, uh, but basically the problem is you need to be able to have a reasonably small portable energy source, and this was at approximately the time the uh, Soviet Union collapsed, and the U.S. freaked the fuck out about nuclear power. So, uh, geez, if only we had a small energy source. I yeah, know. right. God. <laughs> oh well. What's the actual happy news? 
Oh, they got rescued. And none of them were dead. (laughs) (laughs) You sound so underwhelmed about it. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about these awesome, boring machines working on nuclear power, and this just seems so less cool in comparison. Oh, Uh, please, Xeniage. I know you're really just thinking about Elon Musk's dreamy face. (laughs) Aw, how can I stay mad at that face? (laughs) It is very hard. They they used hand drills in some of these cases, so yeah, they got the people out. All right, David, what what's uh what's give give us some more happy news? Japan has a new island. What? Ooh, no, the empire no. grows. I specifically remember reading a whole thing about Georgism and how the whole the whole <laughs> premise is you can't make more land. Well, you can't, but an underwater volcano apparently can. Oh shit. And, uh, yeah, as of the time I pulled this article, uh, the eruption was ongoing, so the final size and shape of the island, or even if it will remain unsubmerged, is yet to be seen. Mostly, I just included this as an excuse to include a link to the absolutely badass drone footage, uh, in our show notes. Oh my god, I'm watching it right now, this is amazing. It's just the ocean, the ocean boiling, and, like... Just like like smoke coming out, uh, just of of a patch of ocean. Wow, it's pretty awesome. I have no sense of scale. How big is this island? They, they should put a quarter near it so we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess that's gonna change based on factors. Yeah, based on factors. Also, I for one welcome the new island to the first island chain and look forward to its prompt integration into the anti-red Chinese security net. <laughs> All is right. Japan known as the first island chain. Uh, it's South Korea, Japan, and some of the other islands in the South China Sea. South Korea's Um, not an island, though. Yes, but for NATO purposes it is, because it's a peninsula whose landward side is entirely bordered by North Korea. Hmm, okay. Yeah, North Korea doesn't count, so it's an island. (laughs) I see. Oh, also one of those islands is Taiwan, which I have been told is somewhat important. Oh, you mean China. (laughs) <laughs> yes. All right, good. All right, David, what's our last piece of happy news? Our last piece of happy news is the human interest story. A team of YouTubers, engineers, and ranchers built a dynamo to find out how much horsepower an actual horse can pull. And for the tested horse, it was about 5.6. Damn! So a horsepower is only like one-fifth of a horse? Yes. That's how? fucked up, man. A- and in the video, they actually talked about the backstory of the um, origin of the horsepower measurement. Turns out it was a steam engine uh, um, seller. It's got to uh, be a marketing writing, term, right? Yeah, writing marketing copy for his steam engines. And he said, my steam engine put out as much work as so many horses at a, um, a draft mill. Yeah, fat, lazy horses. Grind, um... <laughs> grind grain for beer uh and so later when engineers decided they wanted to actually use horsepower they took one of those engines divided by the number in the marketing copy and said okay this is one horsepower and turns out the the guy just like completely made the number up (laughs) incredible that is awesome my new hero i learned history today all right well, that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. 
So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode, and we'll start with David. So, Scott Alexander recently wrote a piece defending EA. As a somewhat recent-ish deconvert from EA, I was not convinced by his piece. Uh, this is basically going to be a fisk of his piece, so if you haven't read it, you might want to go read it before you listen to this. It'll make a lot more sense. Okay, have you all, all right. read it now? Good. Um, he starts the piece off w uh, with a list of criticisms of EA, and then proceeds to list all the good things EA has done. One of the criticisms he lists is the pro AI people think we all need to yeah the pro AI people think we need want to ban all AI research forever and nationalize all tech companies. Then he goes on to list EA wins like founded the field of AI safety, became so influential in AI related legislation that Politico accuses effective altruists of having taken over Washington and largely dominating the UK's efforts to regulate advanced AI helped, probably, I have no secret knowledge, the Biden administration passed what they called the strongest set of actions that any government in the world has ever taken on AI safety, security, and trust, helped the British government create its AI Frontier Task Force, and won the PR war. A recent poll shows that 70% of U.S. voters believe that mitigating existential risks from AI should be a global priority. Woohoo! For some reason, lauding a bunch of uh, successes EA has had in making AI a top priority for regulation by major governments didn't reassure me and likely won't reassure others in the EA wants to ban all AI research forever and nationalize tech companies camp. This was an astonishing exercise in point missing by Alexander. If this is the best defense EA... Uh, of EA, one of EA's most devoted supporters can muster, then I have little choice but to conclude that whether the EAs are being, being intentional about it or just acting as useful idiots, they're right about the EAs want to ban AI research and nationalize tech companies point. The next section about global health is much better. EAs did a lot of good work in this space. They brought much needed attention to critically underserved cause areas, and this is all for the good. I give full credit to the specific individual people who contributed to this effort. I realize, but what have you done for me lately is a very frustrating argument to encounter, but what have you done for me lately, though? Of course, all these efforts are still ongoing, and that, too, is praiseworthy. But in terms of actual new ideas uh, um, coming out of EA, all of the ones I've seen have been in the have we considered turning control over AI to the same institution which simultaneously bans valuable new drugs and also funds gain-of-function research vein. Now I don't follow this space as closely as I used to so maybe this exists but if it does EA is doing a terrible job of making it legible to people who follow EA only somewhat closely like me. Alexander closes his piece by showing a stacked bar chart of charitable contributions by Clausair by cause area, by year. He presents this in absolute value terms, but if you instead plotted it as a trend by percentage of donations, animal welfare remains roughly constant, long-termism and DA infrastructure grow, and global development, the part Alexander and I agree are the most unambiguously good, I think, shrinks. My basic model of EA is more or less like this. In the time before, there was old EA, made up of people like Peter Singer and Robin Hansen, etc., it is what Alexander is actually defending in the piece. Long-termism, AI safety by regulation, etc. were basically a fringe sideshow for what was actually going on, mostly picking the long-neglected, low-hanging fruit of global health. 
But then a new generation of EAs entered the scene, and these new EAs lost the plot. I won't accuse them of being uh, sociopath, bleh, sociopaths in the mops, nerds, and sense, but I do think there was a non-trivial extent to which these Gen 2 EAs were more caught up in the whole be moderate to radical leftists and care about moderate to radical leftist things like racial justice and smashing big tech, and also if we can leverage this to line our own pockets into the bargain, that would be nice than the unambiguously libertarian sensibility having global health-focused first generation. When people like me say EA is bad, this is shorthand for Gen 2 EAs are very bad, and they're displacing the very good Gen 1 EAs. The worst case scenario, which I unfortunately think is also the most likely scenario, is the Gen 1 EAs continue doing their admirable global health work while the Gen 2 EAs continue, continue to exploit the movement they built to turn that machinery to much worse purposes. Unfortunately, while I believe Alexander and the other naive Gen 1ers have the best of intentions, I think they're at risk of losing the actual good EA did, does still, and could yet continue to do. But, especially on AI, they're currently the dog that caught the car and doesn't know what to do with it. Whether the Gen 2ers are actively malicious or just agonizingly naive about the realities of public choice po economics, I can't say. But as long as the Gen 1ers follow their lead, the side of both the good EA does and my respect for it uh, as a movement will continue to decline. I am going to clean this troop deployment up a little and send a transcript of it to Scott by email and we'll res read his response or an abridged version thereof if it's long, if he gives permission for me to do so in the feedback and follow-up section of the next episode. All right. Thank you, David. Um, Eniash, what have you got for us? Well, uh, the past two days, I have been in Washington, D.C. to attend the solstice celebration that the D.C. Rationalists put on, and it was quite lovely. It felt very much like an old-school folk gathering of the people in a community that want to do something special for each other and celebrate their community values. And um, I know that this is not done in all cities. I know that Denver in particular does not have one. In fact, this is the reason why I am flying out three weekends in a row to three different uh, solstices to see how different cities do them and maybe have one next year. But I do want to encourage everybody out there who has a solstice in their city area uh, to go and attend one. They're really very nice. You you get to you get to all celebrate your community together with other people in your community. And for some people, they whatever particular flavor of celebration is being done is not to their taste. That's fine. Afterwards, there is often a general social mixer, an after party, if you will. Uh, and those are just really good to have once a year as well to keep the community ties strong uh, because you get to see everybody all at once rather than just some of them in the, the less wrong meetups or the ACX meetups or whatever you are they are in your area that you can make it to. Uh, so yeah, what I'm saying is go, go celebrate the holidays in your rationalist area. Uh, be around other rationalists, feel good and nice together and community spirited. And if you don't have one in your city yet, maybe consider trying to start one up. Uh, maybe do what I'm doing. Travel to a, the closest city you can reach that does have a solstice. Observe it. See how it is. And try to bring it back to your own people. Because this is a really... It's a wholesome thing. And I like it. And I think all the rationalists out there should have access to it in one way or another. Here, here, And also look out for our soon-to-come-out bonus episode 
uh, from the New York East Coast solstice. Yeah, Eniaj really buried the lead there, which mm-hmm. is that this weekend, December 9th, all three hosts of the Mind Killer will be at the New York City secular solstice. That's true. If you're listening, so you should come hang out with us. Hell yes. Find us, hang out with us, chat with us, and we'll be doing a recording, a live recording on Saturday. Time yet that to. That you could be on. Yes. Time yet to be announced, but you can be on it and, like, just tell us whatever you want about the news, about why David was wrong about something or uh, whatever else you have hot takes that we have not discussed. All takes tolerated, <laughs> even the cold ones. Well, we'll see. About Especially those. cold ones. <laughs> <laughs> they might be edited out if they're cold enough to, to motivate Wes. Yeah, you need to bring us a cold one for every cold take. Oh. Uh, if you do that, we'll include it. Oh, man. All right. All right. Uh, my trip deployment for this episode is that we should fix our prison system. Speaking of cold takes. <laughs> Speaking of which. All right. I tend to be against official segregation by gender in most circumstances. And whenever I bring this up, someone says... Hey, what about prisons? With the implication being that everyone knows men in prison commit violence and rape constantly, and exposing women to that would be inhumane. And it's true! Yes, settle down, Eniash. We all know that men are more violent than women. Um, but it's also inhumane to expose men to that! It's outrageous that we all know how hellish prisons are, but nobody does anything about it. It is especially outrageous because of how easy it would be to stop it for 90% of prisoners. Prisoners don't have any right to privacy. Just put cameras everywhere. Then anytime there's any violence, it could be immediately punished. Now, there will always be some people who have such poor impulse control or short-sightedness that they'll be violent even if there's near certainty that they'll be caught. But those prisoners can be transferred to the Supermax prison or whatever where there's less opportunity for that. For everyone else, the near certainty of getting caught and transferred should be an effective deterrent. Swift and certain punishment, even if it's mild, has been shown to be the best, most effective way to prevent recidivism. Now, the other thing we ought to be doing is having a relentless focus on making sure everyone who gets out of prison has marketable skills and job prospects. Currently, the only things people learn in prison are how to be better criminals and how to get addicted to drugs. Hmm. Instead, they should be learning useful skills. The one thing prisoners have a lot of is time, and we should be encouraging them to put that time to good use. Now, I complain a lot about schools. I complain that they're too authoritarian, too controlling, and too involuntary. In short, they're too much like prisons. But they're also a useful model for an environment that is justifiably involuntary, authoritarian, and controlling. Schools should be much less like prisons, but prisons should be much more like schools. Days should be filled with going to classes. Prisons should be filled with teachers. Earning a high school diploma or demonstrating that you can't should be a condition of release. Prisoners should be taught how to apply for jobs and how to dress and speak in interviews. They should have the opportunity to learn trades like plumber or electrician, which you can actually do if you eliminate the violence. Have a sufficiently rigorous program and ex-con becomes a plus in certain trades, similar to how certain employers prefer to hire ex-military. Going to prison shouldn't just be a punishment. Our prisons should be dedicated to doing everything we can to take antisocial impulses and channel them toward pro-social ends. Now, my proposal might not be the ideal one, but currently we're not even trying. It's a damn good, damn good troop deployment. You should put that up on your uh, blog as well. Uh, yeah, I will. Um, uh, pretty much all of these go up on my blog, Living Within Reason. Oh, good. Uh, on, uh, on my Substack. So check that out if you want a, uh, a written transcribed copy. All right. Well, that is our show. For this two-week period, 
Uh, please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe uh, to our Substack. You'll get access to episodes early. You'll get access to bonus episodes. And you'll get into our subscriber-only Discord channel where you can come tell us what we're wrong about and badger us about when we're going to be uh, doing our special episode at, uh, at the New York Solstice. And come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.